0: Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. On the Mormon website called LDS Living, it's ldsliving.com, there was an article titled 10 Reasons You Should Be a Mormon. They were written by a woman by the name of Stephanie Ruby Falmo. Now, I don't really know a whole lot of this woman's background I don't know really how old she is or anything, but she does list 10 reasons why she thinks other people should be a Mormon. Now let me just tell you up front I'm sure she's very sincere in what she believes and I'm sure that she probably thinks that these are real strong points. However, we would disagree and I think a lot of other people might disagree as well. but the reason why we wanted to go through them is because what she lists here, are not all that uncommon with what we've heard other Mormons say as well. Maybe not quite in the same order, or maybe even not worded quite the same, but still, these are some of the things that we hear Latter-day Saints say. And so the question we're asking our Christian listeners today is, how would you respond to some of
1: Stephanie's points on why you should be a Mormon? She starts off with a disclaimer and says, this post is meant to only share what I believe and invite you to learn more. Please do not take offense.
0: Well, first of all, do you take offense by what she said? Uh, no,
1: it's, these are going to be her opinions, and Certainly. that's fine.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't take offense at all in any of the things that she said. I will say this. I think she gets a lot of things incorrect, and that's one thing that we do want to talk about when we go through her list.
1: And I want to point something out, too. This is dated October 20th, 2015. The comments were shut down. I'm wondering if there were people who were getting on there upset and maybe there was some anger. I'm not sure at all. But uh, at the same time, uh, I find it interesting that they didn't allow for comments.
0: And I wonder, too, if the reason they shut down the comments was because of some controversial statements being made, how many of those controversial statements were made by members of the LDS Church that perhaps even disagreed with some of the things that Stephanie had said in her column here. What does she say right after she hopes people don't take offense?
1: She says, Most people know that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Since that's a mouthful, we are also nicknamed Mormons. That is only because we read the Book of Mormon alongside the Bible. It's another record of Jesus Christ, only it takes place in ancient America. It is an awesome book that has changed my life. But the main reason I'm writing this post is because I love L-O-V-E in capitals being Mormon, and I want you to know why. So here are 10 reasons you, capital Y-O-U, should be Mormon too. And then she puts in parentheses, there are billions more, but 10 seemed like a good starting point. So really what we're getting are Stephanie's
0: 10 best bullets as far as why we should be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Let me go back and what she says in that one portion that you read where she refers to the Book of Mormon. It's another record of Jesus Christ, only it takes place in ancient America. That's kind of a simplistic explanation of what the Book of Mormon is, because if it was merely a novel written about Christ that takes place in ancient America, maybe I could give it a pass. But that's not what the Mormon Church believes, and that's certainly not what it wants its members to believe. It wants its members to believe that it contains the literal words of Jesus Christ, including what he allegedly said when he came over to this American continent after he was crucified and resurrected from the dead. That is a truth claim that I think needs to be challenged. And the Mormon Church, since its inception, has, in my opinion, really had a difficult time proving that this is an ancient record. If they could really do that, I think they would probably get away from their test for proving that claim being, let's pray about it. Why would you need that? If the evidence shows it, why do you have to pray about it?
1: And when she writes that it's in ancient America, well, there's an in-house debate that Mormons have as to where that is in ancient America. Is that the North American continent? Is that Central America? There are differences all over the board.
0: And Mormons certainly are pretty vehement in their discussion on their differences in that particular area. Then she says, it is an awesome book that has changed my life. Now, let me ask you this, Eric. Have you ever read the Book of Mormon?
1: I have read the Book of Mormon. Now,
0: if you would ask me, did I read the Book of Mormon? I've read the Book of Mormon. You ask me, did it change my life? Did it? I would say, yes, the Book of Mormon changed my life. Not just the Book of Mormon, unique to Mormonism, but as with you, the Doctrine and Covenants, I think, changed both of our lives. Not that we wanted to become LDS, but in reading the Book of Mormon, and in reading the Doctrine and Covenants as well, and the Pearl of Great Price, it changed our lives in the way that it gave us a concern and a compassion for the LDS people. Now, I don't think that would be quite the, the result that Stephanie might be hoping for, but certainly in that regard, it changed our lives. Right. So what does that matter If it changed your life, I I mean, I need to know what she really means by all this. And I think she's going to get into that a little bit in her 10 points. But let's go on. Let's look at her point number one.
1: It says, Jesus Christ is the center of our faith. A lot of people believe we don't worship Jesus Christ, but we do. Just check out the church's full name. We believe in the same Jesus Christ that other Christian faiths believe in. He is the Son of God and died for our sins.
0: The phrase that I want to examine here in this statement certainly is, well, just check out the church's full name. That doesn't tell me anything.
1: The Church of Jesus Jesus Christ Christ of of Latter-day
0: Saints. That doesn't prove anything. It really doesn't. Anybody can start a church, call it whatever they want. What's important is what does that church stand for? What does it really teach? Not on the surface, but in depth. What does it actually say? And then she says, we believe in the same Jesus Christ that other Christian faiths believe in. Does she really not know what some of her own leaders have said in regard to that subject? Because certainly there are statements that show that that's
1: really not what LDS leaders believe. Let me give you a couple, Bill, on what you're saying. Uh, One is 70 Bernard P. Brockbank, In the Ensign Magazine, May 1977, page 26, at a general conference, he said, It is true that many of the Christian churches worship a different Jesus Christ than is worshipped by the Mormons or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Straight on forward, that's what he says. And based on what Brockbank
0: said in that citation you gave, I can't imagine him also saying we believe in the same Jesus Christ that other Christian faiths believe in. And then you have Gordon Hinckley, and we've quoted this statement from Gordon Hinckley on numerous occasions. But Gordon Hinckley also made it clear that there were certainly some differences between what he believed about Jesus and what he thought other people believed about Jesus.
1: And this is in a general conference as well. This is recorded in the Ensign Magazine, May of 2002, page 90. He says, as a church, we have critics. Many of them, they say we do not believe in the traditional Christ of Christianity. There is some substance to what they say.
0: And that's really a takeoff from a June 20th, 1998 article that was in the church news. I wouldn't say that they were really connected all that closely, but the theme is certainly the same where it said in that edition of the Church News, "...in bearing testimony of Jesus Christ, President Hinckley spoke of those outside the Church who say Latter-day Saints do not believe in the traditional Christ. No, I don't. The traditional Christ of whom they speak is not the Christ of whom I speak. For the Christ of whom I speak has been revealed in this, the dispensation of the fullness of times, Well, he's admitting that his Jesus is certainly different in some regard to the belief system that many of those outside of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have regarding Jesus. The one quote that really, I think, shows how significant this difference is is the one by Bruce McConkie. In Mormon Doctrine, this is the 1966 edition on page 269, he says, "...and virtually all the millions of apostate Christendom have abased themselves before the mythical throne of a mythical Christ whom they vainly suppose to be a spirit essence who is incorporeal, uncreated, immaterial, and three in one with the Father and Holy Spirit. Now we don't have time in this broadcast to go through the strawman arguments in that little paragraph because there are some. The point is this, I can't even imagine Bruce McConkie making a similar statement that Stephanie has made here, where she says we believe in the same Jesus Christ that other Christian faiths believe in.
1: She suggests that the Mormons worship Jesus Christ. But I have to ask, what does that mean, worship? For instance, do Mormons pray to Jesus? And the answer is no, they only pray to Heavenly Father. Well, we as Christians do pray to Jesus because we believe Jesus is God.
0: Exactly. So we would have to define what these words really mean. So Christian, if you're listening carefully to what we're saying here, again, we can't stress enough the fact that you need to ask for definitions of these terms. In point number two, she says God still speaks to the world through a prophet.
1: She writes, "'Remember in the Bible when God called prophets?' Well, guess what? He still does. There is a living prophet today named Thomas S. Monson, and there are also 12 apostles. Joseph Smith was the first modern-day prophet who was called by God to restore the Church of Jesus Christ to the earth. The only way you can know there's a prophet is through listening to what he has to say and praying to know for yourself. This is not
0: a test that we find in the Bible. You don't just... Take a person who claims to be a prophet and then pray about it, whether or not it's true. That's certainly not the test we find in Deuteronomy 13, where it, it actually said that you were supposed to listen to what the prophet said. And in, in the case of De- Deuteronomy 13... If they were introducing a God who was not the God that the children of Israel had been told about through Moses and others, then they were to reject that prophet. Well, when we perform that same type of a test on Joseph Smith and his successors, we find that they also fail the test of being a true prophet.
1: My question to you, Bill, is why Thomas S. Monson and not Warren Jeffs? Because the FLDS Church says that he's the prophet. How am I supposed to accept Monson if other people are saying there are other prophets out there like the FLDS? And are you going
0: to say that members of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who hold Warren Jeffs to be a true prophet haven't prayed regarding his authenticity? I would imagine that they probably have. So is this really a good method for determining if a person is a true prophet or not. And I might conclude our look at point number two by asking this question. Well, what really has Thomas S. Monson said that is so profound? And I've asked this of many Latter-day Saints. During General Conference, for instance, when when Monson speaks, you talk to a Latter-day Saint after they leave, and you say, well, what did he say that was so profound that had he not said it, that somehow your spiritual life would be lacking or maybe even in jeopardy. Usually they can barely remember anything he said, much less something that's really profound. And I would say to you folks that much of what we hear these leaders say in general conference or even write in their articles or in their books are really not all that profound. We can find that kind of information in a lot of places, even in articles written by past leaders or past periodicals, past books, or past conference messages. But certainly it is not all that unique in that, he, that we need to hang on every word that he says. Tomorrow we're going to continue looking at Stephanie Ruby Falmo's Ten Reasons You Should Be a Mormon.